Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how you doing? I'm good. I don't feel like a top uh, radio DJ from London, or in London, because <laughs> I am in my front room. I'm not in my front room, I'm in my kitchen, actually. Kitchen. Uh, and I'm wearing a, what can only be described as a robe, uh, and the sun is just peeking through the clouds... It's going to be a good day, Chris. It's going to be a good day. Have you got a cold? You sound a bit I have got a little bit of a cold. Sorry, guys. Uh, And I'll apologise also because of the echoing over the past couple of episodes. We recorded two in a row, didn't we? Uh, And because I wasn't wearing little earbuds, you could sort of hear the echo in the background. Um, Compounded by the fact that Chris, once again, was in a hotel because that man is a multifunctioning mobile media node at the moment. Aren't you, Chris? I am, I absolutely am, I, which basically means I spend most of my time <laughs> in crappy hotels, doing editing, living a fairly depressing life. I'm in Tokyo still, uh, after all these wow. weeks since coming back from London. A bit fed up of Tokyo now, to be honest. Really? I, after like, yeah, after like two or three weeks, I feel like I need to get out to the countryside, sit on a mountain, eat some energy jelly, and just be happy. <laughs> I feel like in Tokyo, it all comes at me at once, although you, you're very much... A city boy. Yeah. So you probably love it. But yeah, yeah I, I'm i kind of sick of Tokyo now, and I can't wait to get out of here and out of this hotel room, my prison. <laughs> how long, like, how long the, have you been bald up in the, this hotel room? You you once um, teased at the end of one of your Abroad in Japan episodes the absolute, I'm going to use the word shit pit, so apologies to anyone who's uh, with uh, young children, uh, the shit pit that was my hotel room because I just unboxed a camera and it just seemed to have a lot of little bits of boxes and stuff like that. And my hotel room is an absolute state. Is yours in a um, fear and loathing in Las Vegas kind of uh, state at the moment? <laughs> it is a bit of a tip. There's like <laughs> bananas and energy jelly packs everywhere. Why do you eat There's, so much energy like, jelly? Because it's more, really good. Why bother eating nutrition you're, when you can squeeze jelly into your mouth? Nutritious, you're, you're delicious bo- jelly. Your bone marrow is just going to be pure energy jelly. Disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's, it's pretty depressing, though. I, I think most people, the expectation of my life as a YouTuber, right? Mm. One million subscribers. Oh, Chris is probably riding over Mount Fuji on a pony as we speak. Mm. Reality, I'm just sitting in a hotel room eating energy jelly and <laughs> wondering how it came to this. These are my batteries. Um, it's not all bad, though. Um, I, I've been staying... Actually, it's quite interesting. I'm staying this uh, place called Meguro, which is just down mm. the road from Shibuya. Mm. And uh, 
just about two, five, five minutes round the corner from here, here is um, the largest Starbucks in the world. <gasps> the brand new Starbucks I Reserve. I read about this. You yeah. can't get in. <laughs> Everyone's no. queuing to get in. What's that about? Right, I can't get anywhere near it. Even though I stay <laughs> five minutes away from it. To be fair, I do get up quite late at like 9am, by which point there's right. already a queue that would <laughs> make Disneyland's queues look relatively short. It is ridiculous to see so many people queuing for a Starbucks. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of creepy. But it is four stories of Starbucks. Mm. And it's not like your average Starbucks. Like, Google this. When, you, when you've done with the podcast, go on Google, or just look on your phone right now, and type in Starbucks Reserve Tokyo, and there'll be some news that comes up about it. It is a joke. It's like... It just looks like a big shopping mall, but it's just four stories. There's a cocktail bar, there's a bakery, there's a... Well, I don't know, I haven't been in there yet, but I want to go in there. I can't. I'm not worthy. You need to get a special ticket. Right. right? Around the side of the building, there's a ticket to... Like a ticket booth, like a theme park, and you get your ticket, and then you stand in a queue about half a mile long and get waved along slowly all morning until you finally get in um, through the five or six people out the front with glow sticks waving cars around. You get in and then magic unfolds. But I, I just can't be bothered to wait. I'm not the sort of person who likes to queue, so it ain't going to happen. Mm. I'm, uh, I'm fresh from uh, Taiwan, uh, as discussed on the last podcast, and um, I think you are completely spot on with your uh, takedown of what Taiwan's actually like. Taiwan is pretty much Japan, but without the queuing and the fussing and the having to fill in forms. If I hadn't mm. been to um, Tokyo uh, before I'd been to uh, Taiwan, I think it probably would be my favourite place I'd ever been. You still prefer Tokyo? Oh, yeah, I still prefer Japan. Like, I'm, I'm always, you know, this isn't a broad Taiwan. Chris, for crying out loud. Well, not, not yet. Not quite yet, no. <laughs> it could have been at one point. It could have been one, one day. I was very close to moving there. Because I think, as I've said before on this podcast, and certainly to you, Pete, that Taiwan is... Uh, Taipei is my favourite city in mm. Asia that I've visited so far. And I've visited quite a lot of cities. But Taipei, it's just a mixture of all the best things thrown into one. It's kind of chaotic. It's yeah. a 24-hour city. Things just keep going. People are kind of friendly and laid back. I think my favourite thing, though, was just the atmosphere of walking down the street and there's just people sitting outside, you know, drinking, eating, having fun, which just is something that we don't... Like, hasn't been invented in Japan yet, the concept of yeah. eating outside. Yeah, I guess, I I guess there's... I, I guess street... I guess um, there are street markets, but um, I think every city in Taiwan seems to have uh, a night market where you just... It's, it's a foodie's heaven. If you're a big foodie, I think it's, it's much more of an interesting textured uh, place than... Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of Japan, because to be quite frank, I imagine a lot of the meals that they serve in uh, in a lot of the Taiwan Taiwanese cities probably wouldn't pass muster when it comes to um, cleanliness. <laughs> it's very it's a taste yeah. of, it's a taste of South Asia, I think, when it comes to the street market. Um, I think, but then you've still got the um, the Lawsons and the Seven Elevens and stuff like that, uh, so you can satisfy your need for energy jelly, Chris. Well, my first memory of Taipei was I went in a 7-Eleven, right? And I thought, oh, 7-Eleven, everything's good because it's mm. 7-Eleven. Yeah. Like Japan. I went in and I ordered, um, like, a toasty or something. <laughs> like you do when you've just arrived in Taipei. Have a toasty. Uh, and they put it in the microwave, like you heat it up, right, just like normal 7-Eleven. They went to heat it up and mm. the microwave just broke for no reason. And they were like, your toasty, no. And I was like, oh. And that was it. <laughs> like, that was it. My first experience... <laughs> Nothing ever breaks in Japan. You go to Taipei on the first ten minutes, your toasty can't get cooked in the microwave. Kind of summed 
things up for me. Yeah, it's but, a bit more uh, like Britain. Other than that, great. Yeah, one, one of the most defining uh, episodes of my trip to uh, Taiwan was I was in Taichung, uh, which I think is their mm. third largest city. Um, I mean, the top of from the top of uh, Taipei to uh, Kaohsiung. At the bottom, I think I'm pronouncing that right. Um, it's like an hour and a half. Um, they've got proper like Shinkansen bullet trains, um, and it takes like an hour and a half to get from the top to the bottom. Uh, west mm. to east is mm. difficult. It is a different thing because um, there aren't many uh, roads or, uh, or, or train uh, options or opportunities. But top to bottom, it's really really short. Uh, and I think Taichung to Taipei is like what, twenty minutes, half an hour, something like that. Either way, uh, yeah. you get to Taichung, and next to the uh, train station is. An abandoned nightclub. Uh, basically, a nightclub Ooh. burned down in 2005, and uh, it basically it, it just went to wreck. They, they, they just mothballed it, uh, and you can walk in there. Nobody's stopping you. You just walk around this gigantic uh, kind of like underground car park almost, but it's a nightclub uh, with all the original fittings all smashed up, all the mirrors smashed up, everything smashed up, um, and you just walk around. Nobody is stopping you doing that. Now, anywhere else in the world, people are they're, they're just going to put shutters up and squatters are going to live there. They're the only people who are going to be allowed in there. But in Taichung, for some reason, you can just have a wander around. I disrupted an erotic photo shoot. There was a lady with her top off. Somebody was taking pictures of her. And I was like, is this what this kind of place is? Um, so that was fun. And I took lots of uh, Surely you could, like, spooky pictures. get a few beers, crack out the iPhone and just listen to music and turn it into your own private nightclub. I can't imagine. There's loads of people filming, like, rap videos on the roof because it looks so urban. <laughs> Brilliant. So I reckon you could probably And that's where your that. photo came from. There's a photo, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, on Pete's Instagram and Twitter of him just sitting on the roof in a chair trying to look very cool. I, that uh, wasn't even me trying to be cool, to, but to, I, to, I, it looks like an album cover. I thought I looked, I, I took that picture, or, my, or rather my friend did, and I was like, you know what? I'm having that. It's every maybe two years I'll take a picture and I'll go, you know what? That is okay. I'm not a man that with... That photo uh, will define you. ...a huge amount of uh, physical com- uh, confidence, so to speak. <laughs> You did. Um, you did get spotted in, in in. Why am I saying you did get spotted in Sweden? Oh, because the next thing. Uh, you did get spotted <laughs> in um, Taipei, though, right? I did. Well, I didn't so much get spotted. Your there fame was a, knows no bounds. There was a bloke who uh, ran the Airbnb next to the Taipei One Hundred One building, which we were staying at, right. um, which is obviously like the Leicester Square, the Shibuya of uh, uh, of Taipei. Um, and he was a lovely, lovely bloke. And because of his work, uh, I believe he used to work for like Fox Sports out there. He used to have to listen to the Football Ramble, which is a football podcast I'm involved in. And also, I think he watched your channel uh, religiously as well, hey. so, so I think he spotted me on that. Uh, and he actually turned up to our meeting to the, for the exchanging of the keys um, with a... He was an ice hockey fan who's from America, uh, somewhere in, I think, Minnesota, maybe. Uh, and he, uh, quite hilariously, turned up with a Donaldson jersey. Uh, I think the Donaldson bloke is a... Uh, is some kind of um, ice hockey player, which is quite nice. <laughs> Very rarely very happens cool. on there, baby. Yeah, really nice. Quite a nice start to your trip in Taipei, getting <laughs> spotted. Yeah, very weird. Lovely. I I enjoyed similar fame this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, completely by surprise, I was uh, I woke up like two days ago, and my phone was loads of messages from people from Sweden. Uh, yeah. And as we know in previous podcasts, there seems to be a lot of people. From Sweden, who both listen and to the podcast and watch the Born Japan channel. Anyway, um, turns out there was a documentary on on Swedish TV, which I was in. It was a documentary I made, I think, about three years ago now, mm. called Cat Nation, where I travel around Japan, just looking at cats 
and uh, it, it's <laughs> right, just all these on, thumbnails. Sure. People just taking screenshots and sending them to me of me just looking at a cat in a very nonchalant way, and just me petting cats. And uh, it was a bit surreal at first. I was a bit confused because I kind of forgot about it. To be honest, what is a um, side but, project? Yeah, no, I did is this documentary about cats. Is on it on like NHK on the telly on, on, in, in Japan, on like NHK telly. or something? Um, actually, it was an Australian TV producer came over and he kind of just said to me, "Do you want to present it?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right." don't even really like cats but we thought it'd be quite fun <laughs> i'm actually very allergic out, all right it was well made but um it was it's just weird there's loads of cats there's like a cat who's a train conductor um who, who <laughs> died so they got another cat in i think i remembered that i remember talking to you about that before but um mm. yeah it was just really surreal and i had to go to a temple and look at some cats there was a cat that sold cigarettes somewhere in ibaraki prefecture uh, it was it was really weird, but, <laughs> yeah, enjoyable experience. But it's just doing the rounds all the time. People keep I don't know. Presumably, the Australian TV producer is just selling it even now, all these years later. Yeah, for uh, a bit of- I remember a year or two ago, someone was on a flight on Emirates, and they saw the documentary on there. They sort of messaged me saying, "Oh, Chris, I was on the flight going to Bangkok, and I saw you on a documentary on Emirates." So mm. you never know. You never know, you might switch something on one day and see me stroking a cat. (laughs) That's fantastic. I like that he's just reselling it and reselling it. I remember there was a... uh I was on a TV show called Football's Funniest Moments on Sky, uh, mm. and uh, there was no repeat fee involved. And they must have repeated that <laughs> literally, I'm not even joking, on Sky One and Sky Sports One here in the UK about 27 times. I counted. Jesus. Every time it was on, I would get a tweet, and I'd put a little note in my iPhone, and I was like, that's 27 times. And they paid. They filmed it in a pub, and they paid me 200 quid. <laughs> <laughs> 200 quid. It must have been good, though, to be screened so many times. No, it's just cheap television, because Sky's got the rights for uh, the football. It's just cheap telly. They could just repeat and repeat and repeat. <laughs> Presumably, like Cat Nation. Cat anyway, Nation! Anyway, cats aside... It is. If you, you might go, and, I think you can go and buy it off Amazon. So if you want to oh. go and watch that documentary, go on Amazon, buy it there, and watch <laughs> me uh, walk around and look at cats. And Natsuki's in it briefly. So yeah, what do you want? <laughs> but cats aside, today is your favourite day, Pete. It is Ooh. White Day in White Japan. Day. Um, do you remember what White Day is from last year? It's when all the white people are ex- expul- expelled, expelled from Japan and they have to leave. I'm joking. They're all it's- stuffed and <laughs> launched over the Pacific Ocean. Uh, white Day is uh, a month after um, uh, Valentine's Day. Valentine's Day is when women have to give uh, stuff to men, chocolates and stuff. Uh, and then this is the, the reckoning. The men have to up their game and do their thing and, and give some stuff to, to the women. Yes, well done. You do be romantic. It. I remember yeah, that was like the one of the first podcasts we ever did, wasn't it? Yes, I can remember uh, this time last year. <laughs> well done, well done, me. <laughs> well done, memory. Um, yeah. Luckily, I am single, so I don't have to actually do anything. Oh. But there's a great little news story I read about uh, the other day that fits into White Day. So yeah, there's chocolates and things that are bought. That's normally White Day. What goes down? But this year, fun little thing going down. Uh, there's. <laughs> I came across this headline, a Japanese porn company wants to use virgin power to create electricity for a romantic Tokyo event. Virgin power. And, I mean, that's the sort of title that instantly grabbed my attention. Is that clean um, energy? So basically, I don't know. Is that clean? Is that, 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 that uh, Andrea Ocasio-Cortez uh, clean energy plan? Is, I, I don't know. It's, 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 it doesn't sound clean. 
I it's 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 ridiculous. I kind of read it and I thought I was being trolled or something. I thought it was mm. like a you know a bloody April Fool's joke. But uh, this Japanese company called Soft on Demand, um, come on sounds now, pretty pretty dodgy, <laughs> uh, is setting up a special white day light display with a romantic pink heart. Uh, softly bathing passers-by in its glow. So it's a big pink heart in Shibuya, just down the road from where I am now. Uh, and basically, they have got people cycling on bicycles to power the the uh, the, the love-shaped heart, the romantic pink heart, which sounds great, right? You know, using um, clean energy, using humans mm. to power the line. Yeah. But the participants, the riders, will be finding their motivation to cycle by wearing VR headsets that will be playing pornography from Soft oh. On Demand. Uh, and so this company's tried to get, like, virgins taking part in it, because I think, what was the line? Virgins virgins have a desire to utilise their spurting energy, or something like that. Wow. It's bizarre. <laughs> and so they're going to round up all these virgins, put them on bikes, make them watch reasonably good porn, and see if they can power a love heart. Brilliant. I mean that that's a bit of that, a Pete? well it's an F you to the to the single men who are enjoying the pornography that they're basically their endeavours are, are lighting up a, a pink heart for the, the romantics, the people who, you know, have a you know, the, the people <laughs> who are gonna look on in a relationship going, Hey, look at this darling, I brought you to this pink heart powered by Grot. I've I Googled I Googled soft on demand because <clears throat> if you're gonna call a pornography a pornography company soft on demand that's that's the inverse on what you want. Um, the head of um, soft on demand. Uh, oh, no, that's the irony. Yeah, the it's weird. Demand. It should be it should be hard on demand, presumably, because that's the, you know it's not good. Um, Gennari Takahashi, who uh, founded it in um, 1995, he retired from the company um, ten years later in 2005, and is currently working in agriculture. Which, of course, soft on demand. You want your fruit soft, so <laughs> it's. Good, right? So it's it's you know it, it, he he's got into something that requires him to be soft on demand, or his products to be soft on demand. I just like the way they've they've figured getting virgins would be the key to success here. Um, <laughs> apparently, when you apply, you don't actually have to prove that you're a virgin. Don't even know how you do that. To be no, fair, we don't really. Um, have you just have to sort of say yes, I'm a virgin, and off you go. But the there's the the pornography. Uh, is of two models, Tina Nanami and Hinata Koizumi. And uh, the good news is they are actually there sh to shake your hand after, shake after you've cycled hand. for That's God knows how long. That's turner for it, isn't it? I know, but how? <laughs> I d what I couldn't find out was how long these guys are supposed to cycle for. If you do participate, you know. Yeah. I don't... With LED technology, Chris, I don't know how many turns you'd have to. I mean, with LED technology nowadays, <laughs> very little, but very power efficient, so... Um, well, I don't think they'll need to work that hard. Once, so. yeah. There's two, two cyclists at once <laughs> powering this, this love heart. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stressors. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. I need to go and track it down because I'm only about 10 minutes from Shibuya right now, so I should yeah. probably go and do a follow up by Definitely. going and taking a photo. Yeah. Probably won't be participating. Interview, in, in interview, the, interview the participants. What did you see in there? <laughs> How is your spurting energy? I just love the photo. Do you see, do you see the photo? There's these the two photo. guys with the Sony VR headsets on bicycles, mm. and the, the bikes, the two bikes actually inside the love heart. It's kind of like a cave, <laughs> big like love heart, romantic pink heart cave. Yeah, bikes people, and porn. But shame, shame isn't real. I, I was always told that shame uh, is very much part of uh, Japanese culture. Uh, not everywhere, one would imagine, or one would argue. Well, you won't be able to see who it is because they'll have a VR yeah. headset on. Good point. Good point. It just 
Cocks, right? You look like Robocop. But uh, <laughs> I, 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 I'm tempted to go down. I don't know where it is in Shibuya, but hopefully it's not in too public a place. It'll be in the love, be love Hotel district, no doubt, where the neon lights dapple with the puddles in the on the pavement. <laughs> the puddles on the pavement. Um, we do have a question, though, Ooh. on the theme of romance. I don't know if it's romance. I don't Hello. know burlesque romance. Hi, Chris and Pete. Big fan of the show. Long-time listener. First-time emailer. Abroad in Japan was my introduction to podcasts. Now I'm hooked. I'm a burlesque dancer, mm. emailing from Bristol in the UK. My boyfriend and I are planning our first trip to Japan later this year, and I was wondering, is there a burlesque scene out there? Are there any forms of cabaret worth checking out? Uh, keep up the good work. All the best, Angelique. And this is great timing because I actually did go to burlesque literally three days ago uh, for my friend Stag do. Turns out there is a really good burlesque show in Tokyo called Burlesque Tokyo. It's in Roppongi, oh. which is a neighbourhood I would generally just avoid. Um, but it was really quite impressive, actually. Uh, they had, like, 25 dancers. The dancing was all very professional. My image of burlesque has always been rather uh, unflattering and sleazy, and the same way it was about love hotels. But actually, it's very artistic. It's very... I don't know, it's something quite artistic and beautiful to the whole dancing, but... It, it it was really good. Type in Burlesque Tokyo and it should come up. Have you ever been, Pete? Burlesque is um, your sort of thing? I've never been to... It should be my uh, sort of thing because I, um, uh, I love a larger goth lady. <laughs> that's kind of my thing. Um, and that's kind of what burlesque <laughs> is, isn't it, really? A lot of tattoos, a lot of uh, 50s hair. But, um, yeah. Uh, no, I've never actually been to a burlesque, sure. I've met a couple of people who do it um, and they all seem very um, uh, intelligent Incredibly uh, intelligent and, um, and thoughtful and um, focused and yeah, it's it's um, it, it's a thing that kind of was really really big about five years ago. Certainly in London, I know it doesn't really uh, you don't really hear about it as much anymore. Now it's all about well, matcha. <laughs> the bloody one in Rapongi was stuffed full of people. I was right. absolutely shocked at how wow. busy it was. It seems to be like up and coming at the mm. moment. Um, I definitely recommend it. I definitely take some people there. Best of all, you get to go up on... what Because I was there with uh, a group of foreigners for this guy's wedding, uh, it was a stag do, and uh, there must have been about five or six of us from various countries, but they actually came up to us at <laughs> the staff, and uh, they saw, they kind of asked what countries we were from. And one was from Ireland, one was from Australia, hmm. the UK, uh, I think Canada. And then towards the end of the show, the, the staff came out with our flags from our respective nationalities and literally dragged us up on stage i didn't want to go i was like no i'll film it don't worry but they like two people came and like dragged me up onto this stage <laughs> and i had to dance around in front of a crowd of 150 people just me and my five or six foreign friends uh it was all rather bizarre so, so be, be be advised if you are foreign you will end up on stage and <laughs> so it hang on was this awkward. was this like two days ago when we were supposed to be recording this podcast was this the um stag do uh no, 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 the oh. three days four, ago. Four days right. ago. Basically, me and Chris were supposed to record this yesterday, but Christopher was still on a train at uh, very early in the morning after being staying karaoke a little bit too late, so we had to cancel. What have you got to say for yourself, Chris Broad? I was hungover. <laughs> like, never before. <laughs> I will never have a pop with someone fun. who is terribly hungover because I've lived that life, my friend. I've lived that life and it's not fun. 
Well, I did the terrible thing that all influencers should never do uh, when they're drunk and just go on Twitter and Instagram <laughs> and make stupid videos like I did. <laughs> uh, I apologise to anyone who saw the video of me <laughs> just just looking at the camera and weirdly taking off my glasses and then just looking weird. I, I don't know what I was doing. Luckily, I removed it, but not before oh, about 50,000 <laughs> people had watched it. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course I bloody got rid of it. Well, it was during the day when you spotted it, me. so that, that's what's, what's funny about it. Hey, shall we move on to the next question? <laughs> next question. Um, hello to Jamie from the UK. Um, hi, Chris and Pete. I've been watching the Abroad Japan channel for a while now, so I've decided I would uh, binge listen to the whole podcast this week. Wow. It's been a bit of a blur, Natsuki saying, wow, and the uh, Nana Soup advert. Uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm planning a week trip to, my, uh, to Japan next year. Uh, so my question is, what's the most important piece of advice you would give to someone travelling to Japan for the first time? Keep up the good work, guys. Jamie from the UK. Uh, be careful of the VR bikes in Shibuya and get out to the countryside. Uh, I've just realised that that's the notes you've written. Uh, <laughs> to direct yourself and to direct me, I thought that was like a PS from him. So my advice is, uh, Jamie from the UK... Be careful of the VR bikes in Shibuya. Don't get involved in that caper. Uh, and get out to the countryside, uh, which is certainly something you genuinely love, Chris. I mean, I'm, you say I'm a city boy. I'm not, actually. I'm from a town uh, or a village. But when I moved <laughs> to the city, I got a real kick I'm out of uh, having something to do. Um, and so that's why I appreciate Tokyo. That's why I appreciate the cities of, uh, of Japan. I always like something to do in the evening. Um, but you really do get a kick out of smelling the air and having access to... Drone technology. Being allowed to fly a drone somewhere. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Oh, it's how I blow off steam. I throw, I, I throw a drone. Throw a drone. I fly a drone. <laughs> and I also throw it sometimes when it doesn't bloody work. <laughs> yeah, I've... Like I said, I've been in Tokyo for over a month now. I think it's the longest uh, time... Longest stint of time I've stayed in Tokyo. Mm. And the, pro the problem is, whatever direction I go in for the next five kilometres, there's, like, no fields. There's nothing. You know, it's just... Concrete, 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 and VR bikes and Starbucks, and it's just, yeah. I, like, where I lived the first three years, I could get out, I could go up a mountain, I could dance in a waterfall, I could swim in the sea, any time I wanted. Even in winter, I could swim in the Ooh. sea, it was brilliant. Here, I can't do any of that, it's rubbish. But Tokyo is quite good. But no, my advice is go to the countryside, because nobody ever does it. It's the tragedy of people that visit Japan for two weeks. They go to Tokyo, they go to Kyoto, they go to a bits, bits and pieces of Hiroshima, and then that's it. But you miss all the magic of the Tokyo, of, the, of just the Japanese countryside, and all my favourite memories, all those powerful, profound moments that I can reflect back on and relax and think about them, they're always in the countryside. There's always, you know, just me sitting on a mountain somewhere looking at a view, you know. Mm. So I'd say try and find a way out go out somewhere like Nikko or Hakone they're both pretty good places to escape to so put them in your itinerary but have a great time Jamie yeah sounds fun Jamie and avoid the yeah. VR bikes <laughs> you dirty boy do you want to read the next one Chris because I clearly can't be trusted <laughs> absolutely uh, Ben from the Midlands says dear Chris and Harry Potter's favourite cheeky Pete Oh. Does I, what does that mean? Not a clue. I mean, Harry I used to be called Cheeky favorite. Pete on an old radio station, but uh, I don't know where the Harry Potter connection comes in. 
We'll, we'll dive in and see what happens. I hope this vax finds you well. Uh, love the YouTube videos and the podcast, particularly the wonderful thank you letters from Chris's students uh, in the recent podcast. Oh, yeah. It was great to club together, is my new, f- is my new favourite phrase. I love that <laughs> phrase. Uh, my wife and I are visiting Tokyo in May to celebrate her birthday. Can you please share any tips for romantic locations or activities that we could plan, or maybe... I could surprise her with Tokyo would be good but we're also considering the Shinkansen trip to Kyoto and Osaka as well kind regards Ben from the Midlands literally the same see the previous answer to be honest get out to, to the, the city answer. yeah don't go uh, um, don't get on the Shinkansen get on a different train my favourite uh, day I spent uh, in Japan one time was uh, when I went to a place called Kofu I went to try to go and watch a um, Tokyo FC match uh, I got on the wrong train realised I was in a completely wrong place uh, and found um, myself in a completely different place but they happen to have a J-League team playing that afternoon um, Fred Kofu now play in the second division and they're not very good <laughs> I have though up my uh, <laughs> I was listening for that. <coughs> yeah, well, I, I have upped my. Um, I, I just keep on buying J League team shirts, like j- uh, jerseys, as you'd call them everywhere else. It's uh, it's 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 becoming a little bit of a problem. A ruthless addiction. It's honestly, it's absolutely crazy. Yokohama Flugels, nineteen ninety three. That was my <laughs> last uh, purchase. Flugels. Flugels. Yeah, I've no idea, but I, I uh, bidded and won on a uh, Nippon Ham um, uh, Mizuno um, Osaka uh, T-shirt. So uh, I do, I do like anything. The shirt looks like ham, and it says Nippon Ham on it, uh, <laughs> and I've got a lot of time for that. Nippon Ham have a long Absolutely. and moneyed uh, history with uh, Japanese soccer. Uh, I really, they, I, I think I asked a little Nippon, while. You're talking about Nippon Ham, like po- like yeah, ham, ham, like, a, like yeah. I think, I think they own what. Owned a couple of um, J League teams, um, soccer teams. They just seem to change hands all the time. A lot of um, the the Japanese soccer teams started off as uh, work teams, so they were all just teams that were like for Yamaha or um, uh, you know companies like that, basically. Uh, and did I think the, did the soccer players get like a free packet of ham? <laughs> I each, don't know. Can you imagine before just every really, game? Just really salty, a really salty snack <laughs> before you start playing football. Ew. Be good for you. <laughs> Keep your salt in. Get you going. I to, to Ben. I say if you're taking your wife somewhere to celebrate her birthday, I recommend a club in Shibuya. Just go to a club because then you can use your your favourite phrase. It was great to club together. <laughs> when, the morning, when the morning comes around, yes, you can deploy your new favourite phrase. But yeah, good Shibuya. luck, Ben. Century Have a good club. One. Just realised we've offered. No real, real credible <laughs> answer yet, though. I'm giving you credible <laughs> answer. I'm giving you recommendations of clubs. Everyone talks about club football and ham. Football ham. That's not romantic. Everyone oh, talks right. about. Well, if you ever read, read the guidebooks, like everyone says, club womb because it's got the biggest disco ball. But it's not always open. It's not always open to everyone. Or like all the ones up the, up the hill, go to um, Century Club or go to um, uh, yeah, just Century Club. It's got everything. It's got a bit of everything. Well, if she- on a complete opposite way to that, an alternative. <laughs> if you like Lost in Translation, why not mm. go to the um, the jazz bar at the top of Park Hyatt Tower? Mm. That's quite nice. Yeah, You've been up there. Lovely. No, I've not been up there. Um, I went to the one in. You. I went to the Hyatt in Rapongi because it's got. Uh, it's the brother slash sister club of a members club I was once part of. Um, but again, access to it was just because it was like um, they've got a, like, a reciprocal agreement with. 
the club I was a part of in London because uh, in London it's actually quite hard to get somewhere to sit down on a Saturday night so members bars are actually quite they're not as they're not as arsehole so to speak as you would usually think like I would think anyone who's a member of a, of a members club is a bit of a div because they want exclusivity etc they don't want to be bothered uh, but actually on a Saturday night or a Friday night it's actually quite hard to get a seat uh, some members club clubs kind of come into their own and they had a reciprocal agreement uh, the club that I was a member of um, with the one in uh, Rapongi, which is at the top of you know that big hotel it's got a great view I think it's the Park Hyatt or something in Rapongi, um, and right. you've got this beautiful view um, and, and to gain access to this uh, club which was just kind of a hotel bar really um, at the top of the building with, with again the beautiful mm. view uh, you had to like bring a letter with you so I brought this letter with you, and a even letter. that, and even that wasn't enough. And they had to ring up. Cost the time difference didn't work because it was like one a.m. here, and ah, uh, it just, it just, it. But really you got in right after all eventually, this. Eventually, uh, yeah. And again, <clears throat> there wasn't that much to it. We just sat down, bought like a fifty quid whiskey, and then buggered off again. <laughs> Headed off to Gas Panic Two in Rapongi. <laughs> didn't really sell it to me. <laughs> Terrible. After all that, even the letter, yeah, and it just cost you fifty quid for a drink. Yeah. Shocking. Crazy. Avoid there, Ben. Actually, the next the next question is also from another Ben. Hello. I ben. love the way. Maybe it's the same Ben because both. This is getting forensic now. But the uh, the last one was Ben from the Midlands, mm. and the next one is Ben from Yorkshire. Do you reckon he's on a train? So maybe he's on, <laughs> <laughs> <Not off. laughs> on a train traveling traveling yeah. uh, northwards from Midlands to Yorkshire, whilst sh- shooting out faxes to the Born Japan podcast. What is <laughs> Ben from Yorkshire's? Message, Pete. Um, is there a certain way, Chris and Pete, to say no to someone in Japan? No. Is it, it, no. <laughs> is it really rude and abrupt to say no? Many people have given me advice all different about how to say uh, no or no thank you. Uh, I was listening to your podcast and thought you two are trustworthy resources to uh, help me not only uh, call, uh, not cause an international incident in Seven uh, Eleven uh, or family, na- family Mart when I uh, don't want my food heated up. Thanks again. Ben from Yorkshire. Surely you always want your food heated up, Ben from Yorkshire. I mean, <laughs> always. Always. I, mean, I had... Uh... I had some fried chicken today from Family Mart, and they sure as hell put that in, in the microwave, the microwave before they gave it to me. Right. Um, uh, well, you know the answer to this, don't you, Pete? You've you've learned extensive Japanese. I'll hand this over <laughs> to you. What do you know? I haven't got a bloody clue. I know how to say no, but I mean, oh. and and like, kind of, if someone offers you something you don't want, and you're like, oh, please don't, like, you just repeat no loads of times. So, yeah, I, I don't really know how to say no. That's me. I'm just a girl who can't say no. Well, even your pronunciation of no in English is different from mine. Exactly. No. And, and as discussed before, so. I was uh, saying the word house every time I was saying the word, uh, like, ie is uh, house, and I believe ie is no in Japanese, so yes, uh, I was yeah, saying right. house every time instead of no. So I can't even get that right. <laughs> Do you want this ramen? House. House! Um, I, no, you don't, you don't say no in Japan, you just don't say no. You, there's always a way around it. For example, really annoying way is people just say, oh, it's difficult. I just say, oh, it's difficult. Oh, muzukashi, muzukashi. Uh, that's like the polite way of saying that no, it's difficult. Another way you'd say, just like, daijoubi this. It's okay. I'm okay. Daijoubi this. Ides. Ides is another way. But there's, all, there's literally all sorts of ways. And 
yeah, they don't ever say yeah, they don't ever say straight up no because it just comes across as really rude. Um, so that's the that's one of the ways you know if someone isn't very good at Japanese or if they're a real beginner, they will say yeah, they'll just say yeah, which means no, but nobody ever says that. In the same way, a lot of new beginners to the Japanese language always use watashi wa, watashi, watashi. Mm. They always use the subject uh, to refer to themselves. They don't really do that in Japan. Mm. There's just it's just do it on context, context. So. Yeah, um, I'll just say Dijobidus. Yeah, Sorted. I'm fine, thanks. It's very British, isn't it? I'm fine, thanks. Sorted. Dijobidus. And just shake your hand. <laughs> <laughs> just shake <laughs> your head. That's another one. Dijobidus and but, give, yeah, give it's a withering nod. One. Yeah, the nod of approval. But mm. uh, I find it's it's one of the most interesting aspects of Japanese culture is just that it's, it's they're so indirect, you mm. know. They just won't straight up say no. And uh, we talked about this in a previous podcast where they do just, just it's just really annoying. It can be quite annoying at times, to be honest. But yeah, just say Dijobi and you're sorted. Sorted. Lovely old job. Sorted. Uh, that's it for now, though, isn't it? It is. That is. It's coffee time. <laughs> it's coffee time. I've noticed my, I'm losing my voice slowly throughout this podcast. It's probably, you're probably off. contracting my cold, mate. Oh, yeah. Nightmare, huh? That's probably what's happened. It's travelled all the way down the internet <laughs> that mic- <laughs> to come out of the microphone. Giving you a virus. ruined my voice. But in the meantime, guys, do send in your questions uh, to brunchpanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back next week, hopefully with less colds and more voices. But for now, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have a good one, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Yay. Bye. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.